Welcome back, everyone. This is the Red and Yellow Kingdom podcast. I'm your host, Scott, joined by Rich with your average everyday Chiefs talk. All of our episodes are available on most streaming platforms. Just search for the Red and Yellow Kingdom podcast. You can also check us out on our social media pages, such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest episodes and up-to-date Chiefs news. So before we get into um, topics we got to discuss today, which kind of have a lot of topics, but we'll kind of um, kind of run through most of them. But I uh, just want to um, kind of also discuss the biggest news in the Chiefs Kingdom community right now, which is uh, the passing of uh, late uh, Chiefs quarterback Lynn Dawson yesterday morning uh, at the age of 87. Uh, you know, obviously he was, uh, you know, brought the Chiefs their first Super Bowl uh, for Super Bowl four, he was uh, a Super Bowl four MVP as well. Um, many, many more um, accomplishments. Uh, you know, obviously played in the league. I think nineteen years. I think he played started with his career, I believe, with uh, Cleveland and Steelers. I think and the Pittsburgh Steelers, I believe, for I want to say like two or three years, and then obviously finished. Uh, you know, most of his majority career with the Chiefs um, here in Kansas City. And was in, introduced into uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1987. Uh, also was uh, a sports director for KMBC uh, TV, which is our local NBC station. Uh, color analyst for the Chiefs radio broadcasts, and also um, hosted HBO's Inside the NFL for a number of years as well. So, um, you know, obviously. Uh, Rich, that you know, Lynn Dawson's pretty much a legend, in Kansas City, for not only you know playing for the Chiefs, but also just numerous of things that he he's done in the community or just been involved with in Kansas City. Uh, I think you know, obviously, he would always say that even if he was you know on vacation or he was out of town, he always looked forward to come back to Kansas City whenever it was. Um, I was reading about that too as well. So, but what are your first thoughts or you know takes about um, uh, Lynn Dawson? I mean, the first is me being a little kid, right? And when social media and mobile phones and all that stuff wasn't as readily available as it is now, um, you know, you turned it on to Channel 9, right, to catch as much news as you could about the Chiefs uh, as he was, let's say, the one, right, leading that segment of the news somewhere between 9 and 10 o'clock, right? So I think that's the first one. Um, then once you kind of figure out, hey, all this Len Dawson guy used to be, you know, the Chiefs quarterback, and he won a Super Bowl, then you start learning about everything there. You know, there's that infamous photo, right, of him smoking a cigarette or cigar, sorry, um, at halftime, right, of the Super Bowl. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, that's all – those are the memories that, let's say, come into play. It's more of, the, you know, the childhood memories. And then, obviously, now that you're older, it's understanding his his legendary status as a Chief, being, you know, the first quarterback to win a Super Bowl with the Chiefs. And um, – you know, let's say, I guess, Patrick catching up with him and, and the team catching up with him, right? I mean, he was the, well, you know, one of the biggest figures, if not the biggest figure of that Super Bowl winning team in the 60s. So, um, so yeah, that's what I think of. I think of Lynn Dawson. He was kind of like your sports grandpa, you know, from a Kansas City local perspective. Right. Um, so, yeah. Oh, you know, everyone eventually gets to that point in their life and it sucks. Um, you know, so he'll always be remembered. And I'm sure, you know, we were talking about it earlier, right? But I'm sure the Chiefs will do something for him today and i probably and i you know i'm sure we'll see something even bigger or 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 another um segment for him at um 
you know, the home opener when we play the Chargers in what three weeks? Correct. Yep. Yeah. Speaking of, I was I was gonna uh, actually kind of bring that up because I was gonna you know ask like what some like iconic things you probably would have thought of because obviously you know he played and um, you know for the Chiefs and all at the time we weren't even born yet right so we didn't have anything to kind of watch like live you know games or listen to the radio or whatever you know back when he played like we do now with Mahomes and, and such so um, you know kind of most of the things that we kind of remember is just you know the film that we've seen photos we've seen like so especially like we brought up with like the iconic photo of um, him during halftime of Super Bowl one where you know he's smoking a cigarette and then he also has uh, a beer he's drinking too as well which is just not not even so iconic you know, I'd say photo in the for NFL history. I think it's just in sports. It's just something you. It's just something you obviously don't see. You won't see in today's, um, you know, sports oh, profession. No, not at all. <laughs> so yeah, so because you know, obviously, it's, it's there's you know different different times, right? Different things, yeah, and, for sure, and whatnot. But um, yeah, it's it's definitely um, one of the most iconic kind of photos you'd ever see, um, and just you see it everywhere. People even have T-shirts of it. Um, you know, such and such, but, um, yeah, it's, yeah, Patrick that, even created one, right. Or somebody did of Patrick. Like yeah, that. exactly. So yeah, I even have the, you know, even have the new, um, photo with, um, Patrick on like with his arm around Lindos, you know, that kind of uh, thing. Yeah. Like people have done so many different cool things. Like even when we saw with Derek Thomas, you know, he'd seen different things with Patrick Mahomes as well. So, but, um, no back to Lindos and it's just, uh, it, it's, it's crazy. But like you said, I mean, he lived a good life, 87, years old lived a pretty good long life um you know unfortunately i was hearing as of late like obviously in the last few years um you know he wasn't doing so well so uh it's just kind of only you know it it sucks to say that but so you know it's a matter of time but uh just i think a lot of people didn't expect it to be so soon i guess at at this point but um you know as you age you you know you do decline in health and and so such and so forth but i did want to mention one thing I, i was reading something yesterday interesting fact about um him and Matt Castle, uh, and I don't know if you knew about this, but I guess when Matt Castle was coming to Kansas City, I believe when he was with the Patriots, he wore 16, right? right. And um, I think Lynn Dawson, even he even said that he could go ahead and wear 16, even though even though it was retired. But Matt Castle, dec- yeah, Matt Castle declined uh, that. He said he'd wear number seven, and the reason why he wore number seven is because Lynn Dawson is the seventh son in his family, which is an odd thing. But in his, uh, I read more into it, and not only that, he was, um, I think he was the ninth kid out of, out of 11 or 10 other siblings that he had, right? I think, like, his parents had 11 kids, and he was the ninth kid or whatever. But he was, like, this, there's, like, this, this thing, like, he's, like, the seventh son of the seventh son. What that means is that um, when you have, like, when that what it is is like you have like seven kids in a row that are boys right and he was like the seventh like there wasn't like any girls or anything like that so he was like the seventh boy in a row and like there's some like biblical thing that like i guess if you're like the seventh son of a seventh son it means like you have like um special powers yeah something like some kind of special powers thing i looked it up yeah (laughs) right i mean i mean heck he did win super bowl and all that stuff too and he had certain stuff but yeah i was reading some interesting stuff about that that was kind of cool to share or whatnot but uh yeah it's uh like i said it's a lot of things that uh he did in his career and just impacted the game of football and obviously kansas city as well and you know if there was 
you know, obviously we talk about the, you know, Mount Rushmore for different sports teams and uh, leagues and all that. But if you had one for Kansas City, I mean, I think he's definitely one of them on there, uh, hands down, um, you know, for Kansas City. I, I can't see why, um, you know, he wouldn't be on there. But uh, especially for the Chiefs uh, history, I think he would be for at least right now. But, uh, uh, yeah, there's just, there's just so much more you could pretty much uh, say about him. But, uh, yeah, there's this um, – Interesting fact of the interesting fact to read about him pretty much on that. So, but yeah, definitely um, sad time in the Chiefs kingdom and hopefully uh, we could win one for him this year. I mean, that's some motivation and it'd be nice to see the Chiefs ultimately, uh, you know, maybe pull out a Super Bowl and, you know, have it in this autumn this year. It'd be pretty cool, cool too, as well to see. 100%. So, um, and real quickly, so I know, you know, we probably, we were supposed to probably record, you know, here now that we're getting to the, you know, prime of the season every week, but we've had just different things with either me and, you know, Rich having vacations or, uh, you know, I think even Rich's, uh, you know, back got hurt on his trip, which uh, actually was going to talk to you about. (laughs) I was going to talk to you about that. So how was, uh, you went to uh, Minneapolis, I believe, for the uh, MLS All-Star game. So how was that outside of, I guess you would say, the back injury that you got? Yeah, so I'm mean, super cool. I've never been to Minneapolis, the furthest north I've been in the country. So it's really nice, really cool place. Uh, we we stayed in St. Paul, which is right next to Minneapolis. Um, but yeah, overall, just a cool city, cool place to be. Um, the All-Star game and, and all that stuff was amazing. Um, it's definitely something that almost seems as though you got to go do it yearly. So for yourself, right, get out there one time. Um, as long as they do it versus Liga MX, because, you know, being a Mexican soccer fan, that's something mm-hmm. – um, you know, it, it means a little more. The game was cool. Um, the skills challenge was awesome. They just did a really good job. You know, the MLS does a really good job of understanding how to tailor to its fan base, um, you know, understanding that they have a lot of Mexican followers because of the, the demographics in the country. Um, so that was cool. And then, yeah, literally the only the only thing that hurt my back was sitting down in a car for almost six hours straight. Uh, yeah, that um, does it. Two times, right? So. Obviously, I, like I'm one of those people that I don't really like to let anyone drive my car for that long of a distance, which driving on the highway is probably even safer than in the streets. But, um, yeah, so I drove and, um, you know, I'm one of those that I hate stopping. We only stopped to get food and uh, food once because, you know, my car lasts the whole way um, on gas. It was almost like the exact mileage for my full tank. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I think it was just uh, I think I'd already been hurting beforehand just from being so busy and poor posture. and. Had heard it before. So, uh, but yeah, man, it was pretty bad. I got back Thursday morning that afternoon, went to training, and I was like, something's messed up. Oh, right? no. I had to I had to fly to Virginia the next day. So I, I wake up, I'm like, man, it'll it'll work itself out. I can power through it. And so I went up to the to the airport at uh my flight left at six. So I was there at about five. It was like five o'clock, right? Five o'clock in the morning. I was like, man, this doesn't make sense. See, I'm going to hurt myself. And, yeah, I ended up being mm. basically laying down for about four days. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yep. yeah, it's just, you know, misalignment in my back. You know, those discs slightly slip out a little bit. ton of pressure from being sitting down. So back problems suck. Um, and yeah, you only get one like, of those in your lifetime. So you exactly. always want to treat that well. Yeah, at least you got two legs, two arms, you know, two eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, the back, and it's like, you know, that's where everything goes. You know, if your back's messed up, the rest of your body's messed up. So. Fun times. Which was, it, it was very odd that, oh, I mean, obviously that happened, but um, at the same time, like I had a coworker that literally, like, I guess he had woke up one day wrong 
and his back was just it was bad, right? So like so I know he he had issue. I think I had um, another coworker too as well that was having back issues. So I'm like this was this was like three different people in a matter of a week, and I'm COVID man. So I so I'm sitting there saying like uh, I'm like man I, I better hope sir I'm not like doing anything wrong lifting uh, anything or just like just make sure I keep my back healthy because I'm just like man I'm try, I try not to help nobody move anymore unless they're like you know yeah. really close family members but like friends they but yeah pizza and beer at this age it doesn't get you anymore I'm sorry like you want to keep your back you better start hiring yeah. people and right. you know paying for them all that but yeah it's just it was crazy when you told me about it and I was like man that's that's the worst. Like I think I feel like back pain, um, knee problems are bad too as well. But I feel like back is like number one. Uh, oh, yeah, it seems sure. like so. Uh, but yeah, so hopefully everything's you know at least getting better or back to getting back there. to normal. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing the chiropractor probably helps too, right? Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes yeah. it's just like you know they can adjust a little bit, but essentially your body has to just do what it does. Right. Right. So. All right. Well, yeah. Good thing we got you back on board because uh, definitely want to you know. Couldn't do this without you, pretty sure. So I was like, uh, "Yeah, this is gonna be like ah, this gonna be time consuming." But um, anyway, so uh, moving on. So literally tonight is the last NFL preseason game for the Chiefs. Uh, be at Arrowhead against the Green Bay Packers. I believe if I'm if I'm not 100 percent correct, I think everyone's playing tonight. Yeah. Well, no, actually, there's there's a games tomorrow and Saturday. I, for some reason, I thought this was in Sunday. It used to be like that, right on. The four game season. That's what, see. That's what I season. and that's what I remember too as well is that the four games. I think everyone played like a Thursday or something or one right. day. Um, so yes, yeah, so I guess there is there is still all the way through the weekend. But this is the last one for the Chiefs um, tonight. Obviously, um, I, I got obviously you're probably not going tonight, and you didn't get to go last weekend as well. Um, and I, I I actually got to go last week, but it was it was so hot like. Even though, oh yeah, <laughs> even though I got this, uh, I got to sit um, with where my buddy's tickets were on the fifty yard line, so it was kind of cool to have a different view for once in the lower level. But I had every so often, I had to take some like get up, get either water or just like be at, get out of the sun because there was times where obviously the clouds were there, but it was oh man, just when the sun was out, it was just it was so hot. I just couldn't couldn't deal with it, most of it. So pretty much by like the third end of third quarter. Is when I kind of just kind of got up and kind of wandered around and everything on the team <laughs> shop, you know, kind of such thing. But um, no, anyways, um, you know, with tonight being oh, actually another question too. Did you you didn't end up going to training camp this year either, did you? Nope. Yeah, just between work and and coaching, it's mm-hmm. almost like impossible to get out there. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, and it's funny. This is might have been the first year I didn't go to training camp at all. Normally, I try to go to uh, one, but uh, most of the days that I had off or things that it hadn't going on. They uh, didn't have practice, so I wasn't able to make it out at all this year. So definitely, uh, we'll definitely have to try to just make one next year. We'll figure it out once the schedule comes out. Just like, hey, let's go to today or something like that. So wow. we'll do that. But um, so with tonight being the last preseason game, I guess um, before we kind of do a recap of what the first two games were kind of like, do you have any kind of expectations? I mean, obviously, I think normally if I'm going off of what they did last year for the last preseason game, I th- I want to say maybe they played a series of the starters, yeah. anyways. But mm-hmm. any you have any kind of expectations tonight? Maybe other than um, obviously just maybe some position battles. I mean, yes and no, right? So yes, because I mean, people are still competing. It's more of the ros the final roster spots that people are competing. I mean, they train every day. 
So that's where you really make the team right is in training. But if there's if there's a coach that has a doubt between player one and player two, um, you know, the game is just another opportunity, right? Anytime you're out there on the field, it's another opportunity to show why you should be that guy. So I think that's it. And then you're also auditioning for other teams um, in case you are let go. So um, I think you'll see, obviously, the second, third. And I mean, essentially, I guess you somewhat get to like a fourth team in a way at certain spots. Right. But um, yeah, you just see some some guys, you know, playing their tail off and some guys, unfortunately, it's the last time they play football. Right. Um, so um, it should be some motions, you know, that they're going through. And then from so I will watch it later on when I get home, um, you know, do some highlights. Right. Uh, but one thing I'm kind of actually interested in is the other side. So how much is Jordan Love going to play? Um, you know, because, I mean, technically he's a second-string quarterback, right, behind Rodgers. But um, that's that's something interesting that, you know, I'd like to catch up on is what Jordan Love does. So maybe not purely Chiefs-focused. Um, just interested to follow from a football perspective what happens there in Green Bay. Yeah, not only that, um, they have a former other chief, uh, you know, Super Bowl winning team, uh, Sammy Watkins on their team as well. So, um, you know, I don't know if he, I don't know if he's going to end up playing tonight or not because, well, a he's normally injured, right? But no, but <laughs> b he's um, he, he I think he's one of the starters too as well. And I I totally forgot that uh, even Jaron Reed plays with him now too as well. Um, okay. So yeah, so two two chiefs there on, on the team, but uh, yeah, kind of just you know. Along with just what kind of what you were saying too, as well as it's just kind of more so as you might see the twos, threes, obviously more. And if like I said, if there's any you know forts out there, but uh, just see if you know if they make the team or other uh, teams out there because obviously there's 80 players I, I believe on you know, most of these teams going into these last games this mm-hmm. weekend, and you know only 53 on every team. I mean, obviously you have the practice squad as well. So yeah, there's going to be a lot of people that this might be their last game or. Um, you know, position for, uh, you know, a different league um, other than the NFL. But, uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things where just not everybody gets a chance to play. And it's just best, you know, you got to play the best or you're pretty much, uh, you know, moving on to something else or a different career path, basically, um, at this point. So, um, I guess, so, so talking over the first two games, um, obviously I didn't get to see a lot of the Bears game. Um, it's kind of caught, you know, maybe some of the things here and there. I mean, obviously, um, the end up, end up being the Bears 19, the Chiefs 14, like I said, score doesn't matter in preseason. Uh, but uh, obviously, from what I gathered uh, from that first game was uh, the offense had one drive. It was the first drive. They scored a touchdown. Um, I believe that – no, it wasn't – I'm trying to remember who scored that first touchdown. Now I think about was it. Was that – Oh, uh, was it Jody Fordston or was it Justin Watson? It, it actually was neither of them. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. Because I know Justin Watson scored later in the game. That's how we got that uh, second touchdown. Yeah. It was with uh, Shane uh, Bouchelle, the third mm-hmm. string quarterback. Um, but that first touchdown, and I have to look this up here real quick because now it's like bugging me. Yeah, I, was trying to I don't want to look it up. Oh, that's right. It was. Uh, it was Blake Bell. That's right. Blake Bell had the five yard oh. touchdown pass from Mahomes uh, to start off. But yeah, the. Offense looked great in that first drive. I mean, obviously, it's the first game. Normally, I believe last year they played into more of the first quarter other than um, just the first drive. But I think they just, you know, they had a, such a good drive. Why Why not? Why got to play them again right in the first game just to get a good feel? So they had that. Um, and obviously, the second quarter was when they had the um, Justin Watson 22-yard pass, which is a great grab throw. 
all way around for that. But then the second half was just a totally different team. I mean, obviously you had the backups in there, but because um, even the defense in the first half too, I forgot to mention that uh, George Karloftis had a sack. I believe he almost could have had two more sacks if it was maybe a second more. Uh, he played well. Obviously, I think Chris Jones had a sack. So both starters on the offense and defense side for that Bears game, the first game they played um, outstanding, obviously for preseason, but it looked they looked pretty good. Um, I would say in that first game, but then obviously, like I said, once the second half started, um, it, we were just, it wasn't the same, obviously with the backups uh, in the game. So um, any, any other impressions that you got from that first game that you had seen any highlights from or. No, I think for me, it was kind of the distribution. Uh, well, I guess Patrick's distribution right in the passing game. It was a lot more of what we all think is going to happen this year, you know, spread the ball out more, not make such um, home run throws or such be so reliant you know, better route running for receivers. Um, so it, everything was good there. Bears also really bad. I think they might end up being the worst team in football. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I really was impressed, which I know we'll talk about it on a consistent basis, is George Karlaftis' explosion off the line right there. I talked about how he had gotten skinnier or lost some weight. Um, you know, obviously body mass and muscle mass for those guys is super important. But he just looked he was already one of those high intensity defensive ends that, you know, you see in college football um, right. and he looked even faster. So that's good. And that's what you want, you know, out of your late first round pick or sorry, any first round pick mm-hmm. um, in his case being a late first round pick. So that's what I was really impressed with. And then of course the guy that probably is the most standout player in all the preseason and Justin Watson, just seeing him get open, catching what's thrown his way, scoring, um, you know, that's always nice. Right, and uh, I've got to uh, point out to Justin Reed, which is our starting um, uh, one of our starting safeties. He made one of the extra points uh, when we oh, uh, scored yeah, that second in. that second touchdown. So hey, we have a we have a backup kicker just in case uh, anything happens. So I thought that was kind of interesting that they did that too as well. Which they actually uh, they put that if you guys haven't watched the franchise yet, which is two episodes in, they showed uh, highlights from that Bears game on there. Um, and I think uh, so. The next episode, I believe, is next Thursday. Uh, September 1st, but uh, yeah, it's, they, they showed that on there. I think people were getting a good kick out of that, uh, that he got that extra point in. So, uh, but yeah, so on to the second preseason game, which was actually the first um, game in Kansas city, I guess say for the 2022 season uh, for the preseason here at Arrowhead uh, was against the Washington commanders. I will tell you this much. Obviously I went to the game, but, and I, I explained that earlier, but um, I, <laughs> <laughs> you talked about like, man, how many people probably think they're going to see the Redskins play or like the Washington football team? You know, it's like, it's just, uh, the name is just commanders. It's worse than it's worse for me. It's worse than the Cleveland guardians, I think for baseball, but, uh, when they changed their name from the Indians, but, um, anyways, no. So, uh, you know, going into that game, obviously you kind of expected that be the, with now with three preseason games, the second game is the game where the starters play the most, at least you would think. Um, and so kind of the same thing from the, from the bears game, first drive, just impressive drive is like a 12 play 87 yard drive, uh, touchdown pass to Jody Fortson, which also would speaking of Fortson, he's playing more now because of Blake Bell and his injury, which, you know, could be, um, they don't know exactly his timetable, how long Blake Bell is going to be out with that. Uh, I think that hip injury he had, which he had surgery on, but, um, he'll be out probably at least. A few games we're thinking, but so Fortson's getting more time. He got the first touchdown and he got the second touchdown. So back to back, 
the starters played those first two drives. They were both 80-yard drives um, with both ending up with Mahomes throwing the fortune for the touchdown passes. And um, so, yeah, it was it was basically the same thing as the Bears game. It was like two drives. After that, the starters were done basically on offense. I think even the defense might have played the third drive, if I remember correctly. But after that, I mean, it was just you saw you saw good stuff from both sides again. It was kind of almost the same thing because even Justin Watson, I know he didn't score um, uh, in this game, but he had two catches, 53 yards. I think Mahomes threw to him maybe three or four times, but he only got two catches. But he looked impressive. And then on the defensive side, Carl Loftus got another sack, and he just looked really good too as well. So it's like both games, offense and defense, they had those two standout players for both sides of the ball. But uh, also, I mean, obviously we won 24-14. Obviously it doesn't matter because, like I said, it's preseason again. But um, it was good, um, you know, getting to see a little bit more of the starters in that game, kind of see get ready, amped up for the regular season. But what are your takes on the um, second preseason game against the Commanders? I think for me it was a lot of the exact same thing for the first game, right? Um, you mentioned the first drive. Uh, let's say where we scored, it was long, it was methodical, spreading the ball around. Again, Justin Watson uh, being the standout. You mentioned Jody Fortin. Glad to see him back, right, because he's someone who, since the first time we all saw him at training camp, I think everyone's been reading for him, unfortunately. Got hurt last year. Um, and then, again, um, Karlaftis just looking good from an explosive perspective. Um, even Trent McDuffie, um, you know, being out there for a little bit of well, as well. But just watching them move. Um, but, yeah, for me, the biggest thing is, like, I approve, you know, without a doubt, the home run offense was great with Tyree Kill, all of that. Um, but I think this way is more sustainable for productivity over longer term. And it fits into, you know, if you need less Mahomes magic, um, which I know that kind of goes opposite of coaching, is you usually want to put your best player where their best at, which Patrick is amazing. Um, you know, once he's out of the pocket, that's why we call him Mahomes magic. But you want to keep him healthy, right? And you've invested and you're eventually going to invest a lot of money on the on this offensive line. So keep them in the pocket, make them methodical, keep these defenses tired, keep your defense healthy. So, yeah, that's kind of been the biggest thing out of it for me. No, I totally agree. Like, and, and kind of like you said, going along with the injuries, like make sure you minimize the injuries um, during the preseason as well because obviously, um, you know, we've got, we've got a few, but I wouldn't say anything to, uh, you know, a big degree like a, a huge starter that's going to be out. Um, so, I mean, obviously – uh, I think uh, Juju Smith-Schuster didn't play the second game. Uh, I think I did hear that he's obviously – his knee injury is getting a little bit better, I believe. So he should be ready to go for the regular season, but they're just being precautious. So that's always a good thing in, in preseason and training camp that you try to you know survive any kind of key injuries. I mean, obviously, during the season or any time it could happen, but obviously to start the year, you want it to you know, at, least, at least look good you know, as, as far as for that first game. So, uh, so Rich, I'll send this topic over to you. But um, obviously, with this being said, with the uh, two preseason ga- games already over, uh, the last one tonight, who is, uh, I guess, some guys that, um, you know, maybe, you know, the beginning before all this started was on the bubble, uh, making the roster or just, you know, kind of wasn't sure, sure about yet. Uh, who do you look for that, you know, maybe is probably now, you know, probably going to make the team? So make the team, 
Um, well, I think Justin Watson should make the team, um, even though I think we've kind of figured that out based on what we've heard about him in training camp as well as, you know, what he's played in the game. But I think for me, it's more about who may not make the team. I think that might be a little bit easier of a topic, right? So I think the first one um, is at the running back position, right? So you you obviously got to keep Clyde out of the lair. Um, Isaiah Pacheco, right, has been the standout from a running back perspective. So is it Jared McKinnon? Is it Ronald Jones? I've been reading that McKinnon has the upper hand, but, you know, they invested a good amount of money in Jones. So that's battle one, right? What happens there? Two, for me at the wide receiver position. So, you know, you're taking Juju, you're taking MBS, McCole. Sounds like Justin Watson um, is a wrap, right? So that's four. Did I, oh, I don't think I said Sky Moore. Sorry. So Sky Moore is one of them. So between Juju, Sky, MVS, McCole, and Justin, that's five. I think most teams take somewhere between five and seven. So is it Doris Fountain? Um, I liked how, I mean, I think you, um, you know, from last year, mm-hmm. I'm a big Cornell Powell fan. So I think I would like Powell over Fountain, but I know Fountain brings a lot of special teams help. Um, that's usually what that six wide receiver is. So that's another one. And then, um, I mean, really from there, I think the offensive line is set. So there's nothing really to, that really jumps out from there. But, yeah, I mean, what do you think about, let's say, those two big position battles for the last spot on a running back and wide receiver perspective? So on running back, you know, I, I really think it's Pacheco's job to lose on that that third spot because I think, obviously, um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Jerick McKinnon won too. I mean, even if, you know, Chiefs fans don't want to kind of hear that, it's just kind of how it's going to be this year with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, you know, obviously with being that end of his contract, because he, I will say that the times that I'd seen him play in the first two, the two preseason games already didn't really do a whole lot. Didn't really play as, uh, as well, but I mean, he's not going to not be cut right or something like that. So him and Jared McKinnon are pretty much a lock. So I look at it as, you know, are the chiefs going to keep four running backs? Cause you got to keep Burton in there too, as well. So he's going to make the team. So that's technically three running backs right there. Right. So, you're going to have one more in there, I believe. Between It's between, like I said, Ronald Jones and Pacheco. And I think it's, like I said, it's Pacheco's um, job to really lose. Uh, I know a lot of people expecting coming into um, training camp and all that, he was probably going to be on the practice squad. But from the things that he's kind of shown, uh, you know, at training camp and, and some of the little things he's shown in the preseason game, I expect him to probably be that third running back and probably Jones gets cut. Uh, I, I, but I do see the other way that maybe they think Pacheco isn't ready, but, um, you know, or there's a, there's a other outside thing where they keep five running backs, uh, including that fullback, uh, with Michael Burton and, you know, Pacheco, I think has been, um, you know, going to be sounds like kick returner, at least starting off anyways, but it's, it's going to be the interesting factor between do they, they decide to really run with five running backs. I believe if they do that, then we're looking into the other position battle, which which you're talking about, the wide receiver, is where I think they only keep five there. Um, I think between those two positions, you got ten people. But um, so it's either going to you're cutting out a running back or you're cutting out a wide receiver. I will say though, kind of going off the wide receiver spot that you were talked about, is um, like you kind of mentioned, we pretty much have five set. I mean, I know I think Watson's definitely five, so I, I, you can't not say that he's not five. So it really comes down to you know Fountain. Powell, Coleman, and Gordon. I think Gordon and, and Coleman are your two guys that are definitely out. Uh, I hate to say it, but they're definitely out. I know 
They tried putting Corey Coleman more in the return game to see if he'd make it there, but I think um, I think that's Sky Moore's job for punt return and, like I said, Pacheco kick return. So I think Coleman's out. Gordon definitely hasn't really shown any improvement or anything we've seen, so I think he's out. So it's really between Fountain and Powell for that sixth spot if we do keep six uh, wide receivers. Um, and even though I thought that you know Powell was going to have a good year last year and end up being a practice squad, I haven't seen at least from the from you know highlights of the stuff I've seen so far in the off season, you know, leading into the uh, the start of the season, I haven't seen anything that will say that he jumps over Fountain. I just don't. I don't see it. So I think if there is a sixth guy, I think it's going to be Fountain, uh, just in my opinion. But uh, it, it'd be nice to see some Powell. But I think you could see him land in the practice squad again. Oh, but yeah, for I, sure. it, I, it, ultimately, I think it, what it was is because Justin Watson beat him out. I mean, really, if oh, you yeah, think sure. if you think about it. Powell probably makes the team um, if it wasn't for or if they obviously the six uh, wide receivers, but I think he makes the team over Watson if he doesn't stand out. But Watson's just blowing it up. So uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's where I would go with that. If you keep him five or I'm sorry, six, it's going to be found for that six spot. Yeah, for sure. And then so from a defensive perspective, <laughs> I think on the line is kind of the the big ifs, right? So defensive ends, Clark, Carlaptis, Dunlap. Those would be your rotation. Um, you got to keep, you know, somewhere between five to six, right? Because you want at minimum two per side, and you want one that can rotate between both spots. So, um, you know, stuff that I'm looking at has, you know, let's keep a Malik Herring, Mike Dana, which makes sense. Malik Herring is someone who probably would have been much well, – he wouldn't – he would have been drafted if he wasn't hurt. Um, so that's another big steal I think that we got, and we're probably going to give him time, um, you know, over the season. Then from a defensive tackle perspective, so everyone knows Chris Jones, he's a stalwart there in the center. Um, you know, you want to keep somewhere between four to five defensive tackles. So you've got Nadi, Saunders, Warden, and then the new man, right, and Danny Shelton. Um, I'm not really sure if he'll make the team. I think you bring in a guy like him with the intent that he'll give you um, – I mean, he's a pro, he's experienced. He's a big dude, right, so conditioning isn't, let's say, the top of his – uh, I mean, he can run more than I can, right, being a pro. But, um, you know, you're not getting him because of his speed. You're getting him because of his size. So um, I think he'll end up making the team because he's a veteran. He's productive. Kalen Saunders, I think – I don't know who you could put in instead of him. Um, but I think this is definitely – well, one, it's contract year, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, But he's got to step up. He's been hurt nonstop his whole career. He's got the talent. He just can't stay healthy. So – um, defensive tackle is an interesting one, but I don't think there will be any, any surprises. Um, you look at linebackers, right, with Bolton, Gay, Chanel, Carter. Um, you know, it looks like Elijah Lee will probably be, um, you know, one of the other linebackers there. Secondary. So this one's this one's interesting, right, because we obviously know Sneed, McDuffie, Fenton, staple guys, right? Those are our top three corners. Josh Williams, they're very high on the rookie. Um, so they're going to give him time, and he'll play somewhere to the fourth and the fifth spot. Jalen Watson, Chris Lemons, those are um, special teams guys that will provide some depth when needed, you know, when playing dime quarter packages. Um, and so, yeah, which one of those, you know, I don't think any of those guys will be cut. I think both of them will make the squad. So, again, shouldn't be anything too surprising. Um, what's his name? Uh, DiCaprio Boodle, I think that's how you say his last name. Yeah. Um, I mean – I think every time I heard his name, he was getting burnt. So um, probably, you know, practice squad guy, right? 
Um, but who knows? You know, it could be wrong. That's also another position like wide receiver where you want to take somewhere between at minimum five, but six or seven isn't unheard of, right? And then at the safety position, I don't think there will be any surprises there. We all know it's going to be Reed, Thornhill, Cook, and Bush. And then, of course, special teams, there's no there's no, um, there's no, no doubt it'll be Bucker, Townsend, and Winchester, right? So, um, so, yeah, like I said, I think really it's the running back, the wide receiver, maybe the defensive tackle spot, maybe the cornerback spot. Um, but, yeah, come next week, right, we'll understand what that roster looks like. So, so what do you um, think about it from a defensive perspective? Yeah, so on defense, uh, I, I love how you mentioned defensive line because I think that's the big thing other than – who is not playing tonight? I think the second biggest thing is the depth of the defensive line is what you're watching for tonight. Uh, and yeah, it's just that one's a tough one because um, it's like, because I, I can't remember, did you say you had five or you had six defensive ends that you're keeping? Are you keeping five? So let me go back up. Defensive end wise, we have. Because I'm looking at five. six. Okay, because I'm looking at. Six. Because I, because Joshua Kade, I, I don't know if you had, had mentioned Kando uh, Kando Kando on it, but uh, I could see that being six. And 100%. the only reason why I'm saying I'm going to say defensive tackle is only going to be four. Uh, That's a good I, I could see that. And I think, and I think obviously, I mean, obviously with Naughty and Jones, they're, they're definitely. I mean, obviously nothing could happen there. Wharton, I think he's definitely a third. That fourth spot is going to be between Saunders and I think Shelton. Um, it's tough because uh, you know Saunders actually had a sack last week, which yeah, I thought was weird. Which is weird. I I was like, yeah, I, was, I saw that, and I was like, wow. I was, um, me and my buddy were talking about Saunders earlier, and I'm like, man, he's just not doing. And then he he has a sack that game. I thought it was hilarious. But um, so it's just, it's really between those two. Shelton might be on the outs because he's he's late getting the training camp, all that you know, with, be on the team and all that. He like you said, I, I think when he first got signed, it was kind of. Oh, he's, you know, it's a good signing, but I mean, can he, you know, jump into that death role? So I think if, if, you know, whoever, however, uh, those guys are playing tonight, how much time they're playing, right? I don't know. I don't even know a thing about Taylor Stallworth or whatever, but I really think it's between Shelton and Saunders. So we'll see that tonight, see what happens, how many they play, but it's really between those guys for that last spot. Uh, linebacker, I think you kind of went over. There's kind of really nothing there that you're going to say, like, oh, this guy's going to make it or not. Um, I think you're keeping five guys there um, with Jermaine Carter probably being that last spot. Uh, and then you got your secondary, which you kind of talked about. Uh, I definitely see that other than the three starters in Fenton, McDuffie, and Snead, I think it's going to be Watson, Williams, uh, Joshua Williams, and um, Chris Lamonts because I think Chris Lamonts has been playing a really good special teams role. So if you do keep six, he's that last guy. But I think those are your probably your six guys you're going to keep. I, like you mentioned with Boodle, I I think he's gone. Uh, maybe practice squad, but I don't right. think he makes the actual team. Zane Anderson, obviously, probably he's another guy I think we had that made the uh, practice squad last year, so maybe he's a possible candidate. And then safeties are pretty much set. Like I said, Thornhill, Reed, Brian Cook, and Bush. There's just nothing. I don't see anything other than those four. Those guys are definitely making the team. And then, of course, like I said, special teams. But, yeah, so – Going into tonight, defense. I say defensive line is probably your death areas, is what you're going to watch for. Um, obviously, running back and wide receiver discussed, and also maybe swing tackle on offensive line. I know we didn't really discuss that, but maybe swing tackle could be um, an area for battle tonight. But um, outside of that, that's that's pretty much it. Uh, I think for there shouldn't be any other 
you know, big surprises, I would say, come out of the cuts next Tuesday. But uh, I think that's pretty much a, a good rundown of what we th- we're expecting coming up. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and one thing we talked about a few weeks ago, right, is your roster, when you're a good team, your roster should already be figured out, right? It's really spot, if you consider special team or spot 51, 2, and 3, we don't. But it's really those last few spots at that fifth and sixth position on those high number of position groups because the bad teams are the ones trying to figure out the roster, right? We've got our roster right. figured out. You you fill in spots with new people. Do you have an absolute standout that comes out of nowhere, kind of like Justin Watson? Um, so, yeah, it shouldn't be much of a surprise when we see the roster um, come next week, right? So. And sometimes, yeah, I mean, there, and sometimes there's one or two surprises, but I, well, for this year, I just with all the young players we have on this team, I just don't see that many surprises. Right. So on that, but um, so uh, yeah, we'll talk. Like I said the next week's episode, uh, we'll talk more about that because I said that the cuts are um, from 80 man to 53 man rosters are 4 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday. So we'll discuss more about that on our next episode. Uh, getting into our Final thoughts or final topic for today. Um, obviously, it's, it happens every year. You know, people that uh, love football and video games. You got the Madden football game that came out this year. Uh, it came out. Uh, shoot, man, I, I'm totally if you're lost about time. I believe it came out last Monday. Well, the if you got the special edition, it came out fancy. last. <laughs> yeah, the fancy people, and I ain't trying to say me, but I always get the big edition because I like playing Ultimate Team on Madden. But um, yeah, so it comes out. It came out last Tuesday, uh, I guess. Well, midnight, whatever Tuesday, yeah. and then the normal version came out last Friday um, for normal that. So like myself, <laughs> not, yeah. So people that I wouldn't say that aren't invested too much, though they might go the Friday edition. But you know, people that are diehards mm-hmm. that play it all the time, oh, yeah. every day. I, I don't say I'm a diehard to play it every day, but I do probably play it every other day. I would say and that. Yeah. So yeah, I'm a. So that's what. I'm that's a why franchise I, <laughs> mode guy. That's all I do is draft classes, and I barely play like four games, and then I do draft classes and draft and sign free agents. So right. That's all so I need it for. <laughs> so um, what do you? So what are your uh, thoughts about this year's? Uh, any improvements you think they made, or anything that stood out for you? So I've only spent like an hour playing. Because okay. um, you, know, you obviously have to download all of that. I haven't spent too much time playing. But my initial thoughts are um, I do think, which they do this every other year, right, or every other few years, because right. I think the gameplay is enhanced, right? And I'm obviously on a PS5. Um, I think the gameplay is enhanced. You do have more control, and things are a little bit more realistic. One thing about the last few versions, even going back to, like, when PS4 was in its prime, right? the defenders moved weird. Like, you'd – lunge for a tackle and they just lunge straight. Like they don't, they, they don't look real. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they've fixed that. You move a little bit more like an actual football player from a defensive perspective, the throwing mechanics. I've been reading that a lot of people hate it because it's too hard because it's too real. Right. Um, and at least in the, like I said, the game that I played, cause I just played that game. It was Rams versus Bengals while it was downloading. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I didn't have any issues with it. Um, of course I heard, you know, I know it's probably not one of our favorite quarterbacks at the moment, but I was with the Bengals um, instead of the Rams. So, you know, I know Joe Burrow is is Mr. Accuracy. So, yeah, he was spot on with everything. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I like it so far. But, again, right, I'm a very simple – I just play franchise mode. Um, you know, right. I try to get the worst team possible. I usually never play with the Chiefs. I get the worst team possible and try to, you know, draft a, a quarterback – 
a franchise quarterback and then try to be good within three years. Um, and then I restart over. <laughs> so, um, I mean, maybe if you were playing in 2004, 2005, you're probably starting with the chiefs if they're one of the worst teams there. Right, right. <laughs> but, but, uh, no, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Um, you know, I've, it, when you speaking of the passing thing, like they reinvented, you know, they obviously they reinvent things every year for different kind of gameplays. I just took the classic. I'm sorry, but like I was just trying to just play, like uh, you know, I'm trying to get my ultimate team up or whatever. So I just like I'm sticking on the classic. I'll go back and learn it when I have some time or whatever. Just kind of check out the new stuff. But I just stuck with the classic. I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to waste any time right now to go into it. But um, you know, I would say overall the gameplay feels a lot better than last year. I think last year was probably one of the worst ones they ever made. And it's funny because I feel like every year someone says that or it get, it's, right. only, it's only getting worse. Um, in some aspects, it's still not great, obviously. It's not perfect yeah. um, in any means at all But because um, no, there's no competition, right? I mean, um, there's no 2K games anymore or 989 sports back in the day, all that stuff. So, um, you know, EA is the only one that has um, at least so far the rights or just, you know, ones that put out the game. So there's not a whole lot that they have to just – hey, we have to improve to make it better. Um, they do put some improvements out there. But overall, I feel like in this year, the gameplay is better. I will say, I know you, you don't play Ultimate Team, but the thing that's been the biggest thing, I think, in Ultimate Team every year now is the lack of challenges that they put out, um, especially like day one people and all that. Um, they, they've kind of gotten a lot less on that. So some of the content that they put out for the Ultimate Team has been kind of lacking so it kind of makes you play more online against other people's squads, uh, so on and so forth. But that was that's kind of their the main thing so far. Um, also, they obviously they have this thing called EA Access. And I'm not sure if you're aware about it, but in the past, they would drop EA Access like maybe three or four days before the you know special edition ultimate edition dropped. Right, so you'd have you'd have like if you had EA or you do a trial, you could play like some you could play like ten hours. Of the game before it actually officially launched for the ultimate edition. Um, but now this year they kind of bundled it together with, if you bought the ultimate edition, that's how you got your, your early day access. So people were kind of upset, you know, including me and you know my buddy were like, we didn't get to play it even earlier than when the ultimate edition dropped. So it's kind of, that was kind of like, well, what was, what was the point of paying the $5, whatever it was, you know, for the trial or whatever to do that in the past. Mm -hmm. Now you can't do that. So, or at least they did it this year. So that was, that was kind of one of the downfalls, I think this year. So, but overall, I mean, it, the actual game experience, especially, I think this is year, this is year two, I think on PS5, like an official PS5 version, I think three yeah, years this is ago. Actually year one, right? Year is, one of pure PS5. Or no, I see. I'm trying to think. Yeah. As far as, as far as pure PS5, like it wasn't like they made, you know, like they came out with PS4 uh, game, and then they they made a PS5 after the PS5 dropped. I believe this is this is the second year. I think that's a pure PS5 uh, version. So, but yeah, I could definitely see the better improvements in it and everything, and it's it's a uh, very enjoyable. I would say as far as playing the actual game. So, hopefully, they continue to kind of you know make things a little bit better. But I mean, I've heard some people said that this year is the worst. I think. Um, I'm not. See McCall Hardman tweet. Yes, that? I was actually going to say McCall Hardman was saying this is the this is the worst whatever. So um, well, then, did you see uh, Des Bryant come back and say he's like, man, you're tripping. He's like, he's like, this is the best one in a while. Yeah, I, I mean, think, it, I think I've read more players say positive things. This is yes, the best. This is one of the better ones from a gameplay perspective, and like you yes. said, you know, 
the ultimate team, I, you know, like I don't get into that, but I know several people that do and play online and they liked all the enhancements. So mm-hmm. I don't know. McC- and there Right. And there has been some glitches this year or, oh, yeah, you know, bugs sure. that they have every year, but this year it seems just different things. And um, all this, they got to change the setups every year. So it's everyone getting yeah, used to the different setups. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know where, I don't know McCole Hardman. Maybe he got like a glitch, like guy picked it off for a pick six and in the game. He's like, this sucks, you know, whatever. It's the worst <laughs> ever. But um, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's getting better. And like, so hopefully the game game continues, but uh, outside of that, um, hopefully it's going in the right direction. And I'm, you know, and I said, we kind of said this before when we talked about Madden a while back, um, you know, it was nice to see him on the cover and they do a little nice thing for him, you know, obviously in the intro and all that stuff. So it uh, be interesting to see what they do next year, obviously when they come out with the, the next game, but uh, that was kind of cool. They do something um, for him and be on the cover again uh, for both versions. So well, and next good. year, um, I know it's a big anticipated uh, release for me at least, being a big college football guy. But oh, NCAA year, football. I was going to bring comes out. I was going to bring that up too, and I'm like, yeah, NCAA football back next year. And I think obviously that was towards the end of its time, the bigger title than Madden with the, especially when you did the recruiting and all that. It was oh yeah, oh it was great. So yeah, everyone's going to be looking forward to that one next year. And heck, heck, who knows? People might be playing that more in Madden next year too. So I mean, I, I, I probably. I I think I'll I'll take a stab at it at least for a while too as well so we'll see but definitely looking forward to that. Well, so. and it's super cool, right? Because now the player that's on the cover should get money from it, right? Whereas in the past they never did, but with NIL. So I think what that, I right? think I had shared this in our chat, but I believe what they're doing now is they they're they're going to be a current athlete. So in the NFL, so basically, so like for instance. Um, gosh, who I'm trying to think of. Uh, so, like for instance, uh, what's his, what's the guy for the Lions that got drafted this year? Um, Adrian Hutchinson. Hutchinson. Like he'd yeah. be on the cover this year. So it's it's always going to be like a current NFL people that got drafted. I th- I thought I read something like that. Like it's yeah, not going to be. Yeah, because they norm they used to do Heisman winners. Yes. On some right. Yeah. Well, not all of them. They did it on some. If not mistaken, right. most. And mm-hmm. I had read something about that, and I thought that's what you had shared, is that they wouldn't be doing Heisman winners? No, they um, wouldn't. And I think right. – I believe it's just, like, it's people that got drafted that weren't Heisman, I, I believe is what I'm thinking of. But okay. um could be sense. wrong. I could be wrong with that, but I thought that's what I read, that they weren't trying to do still athletes who are in college. So, like, say, for instance, you know, if Tim Tebow won the Heisman – and then he's still in college the next year. They're going to do that. I don't think so because he's still in college and they don't want to pay him, uh, I'm thinking. But I could be wrong with that. But that's what I think I took from the article is that it's non-Heisman players who got drafted, I think, for the B cover. So. And EA is doing this again, right? Yep. Yes. So. EA has it again, too, as well. So expect expect a little bit of this, a little bit of the mechanics from Madden, but it's different. Different mechanics, right. obviously, but some of the same. So, But, yeah, um, looking forward to that for sure next year. Um, for NCAA football returning. All right, so with that being said, that actually is all we have for today's episode. Um, like I said, we'll be back next week with our final roster cuts um, talk, whether it be before or after, we'll we'll see. But uh, we'll definitely you know talk about that, and then probably leading into our falling episode, uh, we will uh, begin prepping for the uh, season opener against the Arizona. Cardinals there in Arizona. So, and I'm still actually um, working on going there for that. So that's good. I'm getting kind of excited for it, but uh, just trying to, you know, hash out some tickets and all that stuff, last minute things before I 
get into other stuff, but definitely looking forward to going to Arizona for the uh, opener this year. So um, with that being said, thanks again for everyone listening today. Uh, Don't forget to follow our podcast and go Chiefs.